Welcome, Dr. James Beck of Sports Card Insights. Another round of listener questions as this is the fourth round. I grouped them into sixes, so I can do you know, two to three minutes each. And I encourage you, if we get to a question here, you think, hey, that was superficial. You could go a lot deeper there. I understand that. So if you hit a question here, you think, I'd like to see more on that, just let me know at drjamesbeckett at gmail.com. So thanks, sponsors, Top Spinini, Upper Deck, Heritage Auctions, Huggins Scott Auctions, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Burbank Sports Cards, ComC.com, and Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication. Here are my six questions. Like I said, if you want more on this, just let me know. If you've got a question, uh, email it in. First question from Refractor Therapy, talking about buying the dip, which was the episode with Jimmy Estrich of Retro Boomin. He, he says the buy the dip mantra in stock market is seriously flawed because every market crash starts with a dip. Amen. That is absolutely correct. He says uh, he didn't think it's much different in the card market. Again, stock market, you've got earnings. You've got other kinds of foundational value with cards. You've got a piece of cardboard, no intrinsic value, but collecting value that is held with great honor right now. But if there is some kind of an adjustment, prices could go down and they could go way down. It could be all cards. That's bad. Some cards, hey, that's going to happen. So some cards are going to dip and keep going. I can't tell you which ones. The price guides that I was involved with and the price input we got was, for the most part, retrospective. That's the difference in then and now. Nowadays, people are talking about future prices. You need to buy this because it's going to go higher. When uh, in the old days, the price guides we had were, here's the current price based on what's been happening. A little easier to justify. So be careful about buying the dip. I'm not recommending anything. Some dips are a dip, and some dips are the first step toward going much lower. A second question uh, from Arnie Magana. He had a couple of questions, but mainly about BGS. I'm very concerned about not getting good information from uh, BGS, where his grading orders were. And I'm sympathetic. I did not know at what stage my grading order was when I was waiting. I understand that. But I can tell you from being in charge, it's really hard to do uh, customer service and PR one-on-one, individual communications. When I talk to the, the guys over there, I'm not encouraging them to, to have more one-on-ones with uh, customers who are wondering where their cards are. They have to have mass communication, I think, that lets everybody know the general situation. The cards that have come in on this date are at this stage. And to try to be consistent with that, because it's just, it's very expensive to give individual answers that are exact for your particular order. But if, if there's a group answer that if your cards got here, then this is where they are and we're sticking to that and we're going to keep you apprised of that. That's just smart business. So I, I think you can't afford not to do that. On the other hand, I never had a situation when I was in charge of having this much demand and this much behind for a product or a service. The second point that Arnie made is the difference between a PSA 10 and a BGS 9.5. He was saying that they ought to be the same because they're both a gem mint, but BGS 9.5 is selling for less right now. That's been a moving situation, a fluid situation. There have been times when 9.5s in general have sold for more than PSA 10s, and so it's floating. The resale value of graded cards is not controlled by the grading companies any more than the resale values of cards are controlled by the card companies. It's out there and it it goes where it goes. Uh, I would note, Arnie, that there are strong 9.5s and weak 9.5s. There's some strong PSA 10s and weak PSA 10s. The benefit to the Beckett brand is that you can tell by the label, which is a stronger 9.5 and a weaker 9.5 based on the subgrades. I think what you're seeing is if, if there's a weaker BGS 9.5. I have no problem with that selling for less than a PSA 10. But I think we're seeing the strong 9.5s are holding up very well 
because in, in most cases, they would be crackable to convert to transfer over to a PSA 10. That works its way out. The interesting <laughs> concept that came up when, with, thanks to your excellent question, Arnie, is it is that there are companies uh, in, in the stock market world that do share buybacks. If they feel their stock is too low, they'll buy it back. Interesting to think if PSA were to think that uh, some of their cards are too low, so they're going to buy them back <laughs> and then put them out there later when the price is uh, more realistic in their mind. Same thing with BGS, same thing with SGC. So there's nothing wrong with that, but you could be holding the bag, but uh, you could put your money where your mouth is. The third question was from, not even a question, but that comment. I love to hear the old stories of collectors and card shows love to hear the sober opinions of a legend, which I guess that's me, supposedly. I thank you for your comment, Sean, but did you mean somber opinions or did you really mean sober opinions? The guys that have been to the uh, hobby dinners know that I'll have a glass of wine at the hobby dinner, but I still think I'm mainly having sober opinions as opposed to lubricated opinions. So I can't imagine doing this podcast in any way under the influence of anything except the love of sports cards. Okay, fourth question from Lenny Lee. And Lenny, I need to apologize. I think you're in Asia. I've tried to get back with you. I've been unable to. So if you respond to my email directly, drjamesbeckett at gmail.com. But you wrote in, you were interested in maybe starting a grading company in Asia. And I think that's extremely interesting. Be happy to talk to you. It's getting to be a more crowded marketplace. But if you've got a better mousetrap or a cheaper mousetrap, the other thing that's interesting about this, the reason I want to bring it up to others is that, uh, first of all, I tried to respond, Lenny. So give me another shot. I, I, I was either blocked by spam or whatever. But PSA is obviously expanding geographically and the others obviously will too. If you were to start in Asia, I mean, there's some advantage just to being there in terms of the shipping and all that, and perhaps even labor. You'd have to build your credibility, which is not a no-brainer. But if you were, you could potentially be a lower cost alternative and you were still accurate and uh, consistent and you have a slabbing machine and you got started. There, there are two reasons why people start companies. One is to make money. That's the more obvious one, but there are companies that lose money, but then they get acquired for more money. So you really have the opportunity. If you got something started, you would be on the radar of the other larger grading companies who would want to affiliate with you perhaps or uh, do something. So I encourage you, Lenny, and get back with me if you want some more. Question five. This was uh, from Lenny through uh, a different Lenny through uh, Instagram. And he was confessing that uh, he learned to read from the Beckett uh, magazines. I just thought that was nice. I do know that's happened. I, I think that was intentional. Our editorial group was outstanding always. Either explicitly or implicitly, the thought was... We want to have a monthly magazine in each of the sports that is, is very readable. And in America or even around the world, if you make it a college level of reading, that's different than eighth grade level. I think eighth grade level is the level at which popularly produced newspapers, if, if you have too many big words, people think you're talking over them. I think we tried to stretch people, but to make it accessible to the younger student so they could learn to read. They could learn about business. They could learn about math. They could learn about economics, uh, maybe even a little bit of psychology, organization, logistics. Our magazines were trying to track with all of that. And Lenny, the other thing that really warmed me from your email was that you know, you're paying it forward. You're teaching English to others in the are in the Dominican Republic. So I strongly applaud that. I, I love it when people give back and pay it forward. So that really uh, drove me that your mom went out of her way to help you get the magazine. And now you're going out of your way to help kids in the Dominican learn. Maybe you're using the Beckett magazines for that. I don't know. But if you are, yeah, that's great too. And lastly, I got a, 
a note from Lee Markowitz, who, who was on this show maybe a couple months ago. He's an advanced collector and savvy, obviously, if you remember that episode. But he was commenting about the episode about no respect for nines. If you've been collecting for a long time, tens are really hard. Nines are, are even hard in some of the sets. So he's talking about mid-80s rookies. They made a lot of them, but so to have a nine is still a great card. What we see, though, is that the demand for tens has been really high, obviously, in the last year. But what's happened in the last few months is with this uh, grading situation where I think pretty much every one of the grading companies has raised their prices 50%, 100%. So there have been some significant increases. Lee's question is, as grading gets more expensive, what about these cards that you graded that didn't cost as much to grade? And now if you're selling those cards, why would we be selling those below the replacement cost of that card, especially for nines. The nine is the consolation prize when you send in and you're looking for a 9.5 or 10, you get a nine. In many cases, the conventional wisdom is send it in if the value of the nine is equal to what you're going to cost, what you're going to get for grading. So you at least get a nine, you'll break even on that. But if you get a 10, that's where you're going to have the big win. That replacement cost and that hurdle to clear is now 50% higher, 100% higher. Are all PSA 9s going to need to be, instead of 10 bucks or 20 bucks, or they need to be 30 or 40? You've already got a bunch of them in place. So I'm not seeing that people are increasing the price of their previously slapped cards based on the new reality that to replace it or to get another one graded is going to cost more than what you're selling. I, I have noticed that on ComC, where I sell some stuff, I have sold more in the last few months of lower priced graded cards, which frankly, and I look at it and think, gosh, that's no wonder they bought that. It's less than what it would cost. It's still a good card, but it might be a nine or an 8.5 and it's below the price of uh, what it would cost to get it graded. On the other hand, the sunk cost, I've already got it graded. Now I need to sell it to the highest bidder. It's been sitting there at that price for a long time. So I'm not sure uh, that matters. Last thing on that, and again, thanks, Lee, for your question. Thanks, everybody, for the questions. But the other thing that I don't think has been mentioned is enough is that also with the increase in the grading cards, people are going to change their submission behavior. They'll probably still put in some cheaper cards just because they want them. But it, it's, it has to affect the pop report that people will be more selective. So one of the main ratios that people look at, which is going to need to be historically adjusted, this is, again, to Josh and Chris and the card ladder guys and Jeff Wilson, market movers as well, is that, is that the ratio between nines and tens is going to evolve because there's going to be more and more pre-grading. So where it looks like it's really tough to get a 10 as opposed to a nine, it's not going to look as tough because you're going to get some more tens submitted. What would have been nines are going to be rejected by the pre-grader or the pre-grading app or your bulk submitter. All this is good in the sense that I want to see people that understand the hobby and do homework. I don't want the hobby to be too easy. And I want new people to come in and I want them to be able to learn as they go. But that's one of the reasons I, I do some of these question episodes. I'm sure somebody has the question. I'm not sure how many other people have that same question. But anyway, thanks, Lee. Thanks, everybody, for uh, expressing some questions. Keep sending them in, and I'll keep addressing them. And uh, again, keep enjoying the hobby. Thanks, and see you tomorrow.